Well, here we are. It's a fun week. Uh, conference finals for NHL and NBA have kicked off. Um, and right here in our backyard is the PGA Championship. Um, so, and on top of it, the Amherst are going to the conference semi or conference finals. So, big, 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 you know, weeks coming up here um, as we hit episode 105. Um, and of course, I'm gonna let Jason start in a moment, but we do want to apologize for not having a show last week. Um, both of us were just so busy, and um, it got down to Saturday night. I'm like, I'm too tired to do. I mean, I would have been sleeping over the mic midway through because I was just too beat to do it. So, <laughs> right. um, and he had to work early. I had to work early. So we're like, forget it. It's just not going to happen. But we still have a good show. Um, I am wearing my Syracuse stuff. Um, I'll explain why later in the show. But I got to let Jason start it off here with some NBA stuff. Yeah. I mean, these two takeaways, the first two were actually going to be ones we were going to, I was originally going to talk about last week, but I'm going to do it, um, this week instead so warriors had a great playoff run with steve kerr undefeated where not losing playoff victories the only real loss that they had was in the 2016 nba finals but the, the they they took their first l their first playoff loss under steve kerr in 20 tries that's one insane um, Mark Steve Kerr has been one hell of a head coach for the Golden State Warriors. Um, honestly, you know, we talked about it. You know, Golden State, who I think last season was a um, playing team, I think, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure they were a playoff team that playing team that made it all the way to the finals and won it. Man, I tell you, Brian. These playing teams might not be um, somebody to take lightly, especially since, speaking of conference finals, two playing teams are in the Western and Eastern Conference in being the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. See? Even though, even though the Lakers right now are down two games to none, yeah, and we've seen too much basketball to know that they don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And hockey and baseball, yeah, exactly. it doesn't mean anything in series uh, best of seven series. But no, it does not. I will say, playing teams, yeah, they're competitive. Should they be playing teams? No. Again, you know my opinion on the play-in tournament that I think it's a waste of time. I I do, and you're right. Um, because I, I I'm pretty sure the Miami Heat had a fight hard to even get into the finals but honestly i i think they're the biggest underdog of the playoffs because if they somehow can do it if they can somehow knock off the best team in the nba and i say that i, I mean that I, i'm mm-hmm. sorry milwaukee bucks but you were the best team in the nba but you got knocked out pretty early mm-hmm. by the miami heat so I don't think you were the best team if you get knocked out quick by an eight seed. But no, um, Boston Celtics definitely I think are the best team. 
Um, can they get bested by the Miami Heat? I, I think so. I mean, I, I think that Celtics have a great team, but right now, he are just got it all together, and there's just something mm-hmm. about um, Eric Spolstra that just knows how to put a team together, even though you have a lot of undrafted players. I think they got like seven undrafted mm-hmm. players that they're playing, I mean, and they got one no Tyler Hero and no um, Victor Oladipo either yeah well what i will say is eric spolstra i've said for years is one of the best coaches in the league and i'm probably gonna upset a lot of spurs fans when i say this and a lot of nba fans in general i think he's a better coach than greg popovich right now to be honest oh i forgot i should have talked about that i might actually talk about that too speaking of the spurs and um greg popovich the spurs actually get the number one one pick, and that's pretty much confirmed that they're going to get Victor uh, Webinyama, um, the center out of, oh god, on the Metropolitan 92s. Um, he's from France. It's over, you know, overseas team. So, safe to say that he's going to be the number one pick in um, the upcoming draft after the NBA Finals. So, um, can I, do I think that he can be somebody that can turn around the Spurs? Probably. I you mean, know what Greg Popovich can do with good big men. Just saying. Robinson, Duncan. Yeah, I was going to say, of all the uh, big-time draft picks that he's chosen, look at um, uh, David Robinson, uh, Tim Duncan, now Victor, I mean, I, I think that maybe if you can put together a, a, a good, great young squad, maybe the Spurs can somehow turn around. But honestly, their luck right now doesn't look like it's very promising. So, um, But I'm speaking of that, I'm just grateful that the Mavericks get a pick. If, as long as they fell in top 10, uh, they were going to get a pick. If it fell out of the top 10, it would have gone to the New York Knicks part of the Christos Persingas trade. But uh, Dallas will have a pick this year. So it gets into my second takeaway here. Um, yeah, but with the Golden State Warriors, great run. But, you know, what they say, great runs always are meant to be broken. And Golden State Warriors, nice um, undefeated run in the playoffs with... Mm. Um, winning series has come to an end. They are 19-1 now instead of 20-0. So the Phoenix Suns, as we know, uh, traded for Kevin Durant to make a a new um, big three with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Um, Well, kind of like a big four, if you want to call call it. I mean, they also have... um, That, the big old center there, but um, it, it didn't look very promising as they got beat by 25 plus points for the second year in a row in the second round. Uh, even when having a true player in Kevin Durant, um, a lot of people will know that last year they lost by 35 points in Game 7 to the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, the Dallas Mavericks, the team that didn't make the playoffs at all this year, um, it doesn't look very good for the Suns, as now they're looking to even ship Chris Paul during the offseason. Um, 
and possibly could be getting rid of their center too, where he could have played his last game with the Suns. <sighs> I don't know what to think about this. The Suns keep on putting together the, the good pieces, but they just can't get out of their own way. Ever since making the finals in what twenty one, they haven't made it back. They've lost two years in a row in the second round by 25-plus points. So it's not like they're just getting beat by like a couple points. They're getting mm. spanked in the games in the games that matter the most to move on to the second round, the next round. Uh, if I'm the Suns, would I hit the panic button? I think they get the panic button and the uh, recliner chair confused when it comes to elimination games. Okay, but um, firing Monty Williams was a big step. They're likely not going to keep Chris Paul, so I think this is really their last run at it. Um, of course, James Harden's rumored to go there, um, but Chris Paul is now rumored to go to the Lakers this offseason to join LeBron for a chance at a ring. Um, it's, yep, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think, you know, that window's just closed. I don't think, you know, we got to talk panicking. I think we got to talk the window's closed for the Suns now. Yeah. Which is sad because if they somehow do get rid of Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, then you're kind of going back to where it was with, you know, before you got Chris Paul. It's going to be the same old Suns story where Devin Booker is going to carry that team and you're you're not even going to make playoffs. So, yeah, I would say that the door is definitely closed for the Suns. Their best opportunity was um, the time where they went up against the Bucks and the Bucks won the championship. So that, that, that was their best opportunity to, to win it all, but fortunately they fell short. This Suns team, I just, I don't know what's going on. Like, they... They have the pieces and they have the team. And I think they have a great, you know, starting rotation and a great bench. The problem is, is that it's just not, you know, showcasing when it matters most. And uh, I, I just think that it's time for the Suns to reevaluate the team and might have to bring in some more defensive weapons. And getting rid of a guy like Mikel Bridges, I, I think that was the wrong move. To be honest with you, because um, you get rid of a guy like that, he goes to the New York, um, the Brooklyn Nets, and somehow becomes a star over there. So, it just, I don't know. Um, so, this one actually just came out. I saw the NBA is considering changing the All-Star Game format back to the original format, where it's East versus West. <laughs> Hmm. Well, they change um, the format every three years, so I'm not shocked. Yeah, I, it's kind of about time to, to bring it back to the way it was. Because I, I, sorry about the player draft, but I think that's the stupidest format you came up with. Then you have it where, oh, now you gotta score a certain amount of points in the fourth quarter, and there's no. There's no time. There's just a shot clock. There's no running clock at all. You just gotta get up to a certain point, and then that ends the game. Like, see, 
that's what the way makes... that you make this game go a little bit quicker is you you should do ten minute quarters, or maybe even eight. Mm-hmm. Let's do eight minute quarters. Make mm-hmm. the game go a little bit faster, so it's not high scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, or ten, or bring the shot clock down to fifteen seconds. How's about that? Yeah, why not? You know what? The, the make the shot clock a little bit faster where they have to maybe start running yep. some plays. Yep. But the problem is, is they're going to just alley up, alley dunk it anyway. So regardless mm-hmm. of what happens, it's not like it's going to really matter. But going or back to you can simply do is just scrap the game all together because clearly the players don't give a crap about playing it in the first place. Just better yet, you know. Going back to what you said about the Elam ending, and I will say this, that the Elam ending works for the basketball tournament in the summer, you know, TBT, because that's what started it all, okay? That's how their league is, you know, that's how they want to run their league. That's different, okay? The NBA should stop trying to make these gimmicks, trying to get viewership, because their viewership is just going down because these gimmicks are just getting dumber and dumber every single year. Okay, I know. the play-in tournament, you know, the uh, mid-season tournament. Like, quit it with the gimmicks. Just play your 82 games, put your 16 teams in the playoffs, and leave it alone. Stop changing yeah. it to make it some sort of gimmick to draw drama. It works for right. one year, and then it just you know completely plateaus after that yeah adam silver i will admit has done way too much as a commissioner to try to change and bring new aspects to the nba um there was a main reason why david stern didn't change anything because he knew if you if it's not broke don't fix it and rest in peace to him but he knew you know everybody hated him but he didn't have to do stupid gimmicks to draw viewership Right, exactly. Adam right. Silver is just trying too much, and I think that's what's ruining the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, like... Well, see, that's the reason why people like me won't watch the NBA anymore. Because I got sick of the gimmicks, the super teams, and all that. That's why there's people out there like me that believe that the real basketball is played at this level. You really want the NBA to be better, do what the NFL does and have a hard cap. Yeah. You want Hard cap salary, then you don't have to worry about these super teams unless they somehow, you know, cut your contracts in half, which will never happen because you got these superstars running around thinking that they're worth 50 million, mm-hmm. 60 million a freaking year. Yeah. So just go back. Here's the thing. Stop trying to be what March Madness is. That's what I don't get. They're trying so hard to be what NCAA basketball is, and they're never going to beat them in the ratings because there's always going to be, you know, these mid tournament matchups that are just going to obliterate the NBA in ratings because oh it's a Cinderella team that's really good versus a power five that's the team to beat in the tournament. Okay. There's always going to be that rogue NCAA tournament game that just shatters the NBA and it's just bound to happen. Okay. The NBA should go back to the stuff that worked for them 
before Dana White, before the rumors of Dana White or Liberty Media pop up about them buying the league out. I mean, shoot. UFC and WWE are pretty much, you know, one and the same now. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> who knows? I'm saying that's why F1 got bought by Liberty Media. Um, stupid, you know, <laughs> bullshit there. And then um, that's also why Dana White bought the WWE because of all the stupid gimmicks and yeah. losing ratings and shit, right? You know, it was the it was the company that owns USC that also bought the WWE. So kind of like you like Dana White is sort of running both. Like he's like mm. a president or something like that. Of I don't know. It, it's it's a lot to explain. If you want to really truly learn about it, go back and watch one of my No Final Bell uh, episodes where I talk about it. it. It's it was like a lot that was going on with with it. Uh, I know mm. WWE. I know uh, Vince is still the chairman of the WWE and and whatnot. But honestly. <sighs> the NBA just I I, I still watch it because it's still like an alternative when um bas when NFL is done mm -hmm. with their season in February. But it's getting it's to the point for me to watch. But it gets a little it gets a little much. Like I'll follow my team. I really won't like watch too many of the games. It's but it's, the only thing I think that keeps the NBA even yeah. remotely afloat is inside the NBA. I'd have to believe that's the only thing that remotely keeps it afloat. Uh, probably. Okay. Um, you know, because inside the NBA always does this fun stuff, you know, talks about the game. Because they're, you know, they're established, they're a great team. And then, you know, you look at ESPN, who has, to who has the rotating door of analysts because they just can't keep up in the ratings. It'll be interesting when that new TV deal comes out because obviously there's rumors of NBC wanting back in. Um, I heard rumors that TNT could potentially get the NBA Finals on a rotation, um, which would be good for the league because everybody loves watching TNT. So, right, you know, but... They gotta cut it with that stupid gimmick stuff, like you know, playing tournaments and all that. But other than that, that is all said and done with my takeaways. So I am going to send it over to Brian. All right. Well, we start with the Steelers, and one I I thought he was already signed to at least a two-year deal, but apparently he was not. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky will stay with the Steelers on a three-year deal now, um, which will essentially keep him throughout the rest of Kenny Pickett's rookie contract. I have to believe that this is just for the veteran presence that Kenny Pickett could have. I don't know what Mitchell Trubisky has to offer that would help him remotely, but I mean, Mike Tomlin must know something more than we know. He wants to really have Mitchell Trubisky teach him how to throw interceptions. Maybe that's why you keep Kenny Pickett with with Mitchell Trubisky. Of course, joking, uh, jokes aside. Um, yeah, probably is a veteran presence. Um, 
somebody that can still keep Kenny Pickett honest, somebody that can probably still compete with Kenny Pickett. Because, I mean, even though, yeah, Kenny Pickett is probably your starter heading into the season, I still think that maybe Trubisky mm-hmm. can still keep Kenny Pickett on his feet. I'm hoping that, you know, Kenny Pickett can be what the Steelers really want him to be and lead them into the, you know, the, the future. But Mitchell Trubisky is also a proven start, you know, yeah. starter. He, he's been there before. He's won, you know, games as a starter. He's um, played in the playoffs as a starter. So, I don't know. See... <clears throat> we'll see what happens. I mean, um, you know, they got Allen Robinson now, George Pickens, um, hmm. and Deontay Johnson. So it'll be interesting to see what that receiving core is going to be heading into the season. But uh, hmm. it just doesn't look very promising for the Steelers. But you got to wonder where the expectations are for Kenny Pickett. Of course, we've seen all these massive year two leaps. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. I don't really count Joe, uh, Joe Burrow in that because Joe Burrow was out for his whole rookie year. But, you know, Mahomes, Allen, well, Allen didn't really have a year two jump either. But, you know, Herbert, Mahomes, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Still did enough to help the Bills get into the playoffs that year, even though they lost in the wild card. Yeah, but... You know, you got to feel like the expectation is going to be really high for Kenny Pickett this year based on at least three of those quarterbacks having significant year two leaps. Um, So, you know, adding Allen Robinson, it's got to be, to me, a big leap for him. I would think if anybody, uh, like, look at another year two leap, uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's what I said, Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Yeah, last year was definitely a big step forward yeah. for him. So, if if Kenny Pickett can definitely lead, you know be part of that group, that'd be cool to see. I, I think that he's got the ability to be a great quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, but I, I just need to see more progression, you know, more out of him. Mm. I, uh, I think that his passing needs to get be a little bit more consistent. A little bit, you know, I need to see more of that arm out of him. Um, yeah. Connect with his receivers a little bit more. I think with having a guy like Robinson, if you can have Robinson back with, like, back to form, like where he was in Chicago, I think that it can be a great year for the Steelers. But if you get Allen Robinson like he was last year, I just don't think you're going to be all that successful with just having Deontay Johnson as your main receiver. Like, mm-hmm. I, personally, I think the Steelers might still miss out on playoffs. They'll probably be better than what, what they were, but it just it doesn't mm-hmm. look very promising for them. They're in the wrong conference to try to grow from last year. Um, so it's, you know... I feel like they're going to do decent. But again, we're still a ways away from the season. Um, I can tell you, we looked at tickets for a Steelers game. And unfortunately, I think we're passing on it because we've already got another trip booked. So, um, But that would have been a cool experience maybe next year. 
we'll go to Heinz Field or something. I was really hoping, like, Buffalo was playing in Pittsburgh for a preseason game. And unfortunately, the day that they're playing in Pittsburgh, I think yeah. it's like August 16th or something like that. Fortunately, I'm going to a concert. It would have been cool. Yeah. Because, you know, even though, like, because tickets are always be like, what, 20 bucks per, yeah. you know. I think, like, you and I, you and I were looking at, like, the Browns and I think another team going there, the Titans maybe. Um, but we were looking at those games, just didn't pan out, unfortunately. So, um, unfortunate. But um, I do want to go on to my second point. Um, we got to talk about the Knights versus the Stars, and then of course you got the Canes versus the Panthers in the NHL Conference Finals. Um, and I have to say the Canes and the Knights really seem like the best remaining teams right now. Um, you know the Stars obviously are really good, and I wouldn't even put it past them to get to the finals once again. Um, you know, but. Man, the Panthers, though, in that first game, if this is an indicator to how this series is going to go, I think it's going to be a seven-game series as of right now. The Panthers won in four overtimes on Thursday night to take game one. So It's crazy. Yeah, they, of course, would have won it a few overtimes prior. However, it got called back for goalie interference. <laughs> so... For- Man, see, you know, my lightning have been out for a few rounds, so I haven't paid attention. And then I hear a four-overtime game, and like, damn, now you piqued my interest to tune back in. Of course, we're more focused, at least I am, on the AHL side because the Rochester Amherst yeah, are... Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's kind of crazy. Like, is there, like, four rounds they have to go through just to get to the Calder Cup Finals because... It says now they're, they're now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. I was like, wait, what? Four rounds you have to go through just it to seems get to like the- it. It seems like it. However, That's I will a- say the AHL is doing something that I think the NBA and the NHL should adopt, and that is the best of five series until you get to the Conference Finals. Now, again, you're probably not going to like hearing that, but let's look at. Like I said, this isn't me saying, oh, I just want to speed it up so we get this shit done and over with. No. Okay, I say do the best of three in the first round, the best of five in the second round, best of seven in the conference finals and the NBA finals. Now, again... It would speed it up in a sense, if you think about it. It would be a lot more competitive, too. But I'm not saying this to, you know, be like, oh, I just want to get the shit over with. I've had enough watching the NBA and, you know, this has nothing to do with that. My thing is the attention span, you notice, has gone really far down in the last few years. The level of patience has gone well down. Okay, so... I feel to combat that because, like I said, if you don't pique somebody's interest right away, they're not interested. Right. Okay, it's safe to say. Okay, if I'm looking up, you know, you see me looking at my phone quite a bit, but if I were to look up from my phone and see uh, it's a 20-point blowout in game two of seven, you know, we know where this series is going, it might make me decide I don't want to watch it anymore. Okay. 
But you have a first-round game where it's like, oh, man, you know, Golden State just went up 1-0 on, uh, you know, the Portland Trailblazers. Now how's Damian going to respond in the next game? And then the next game you could have Damian Lillard go off and blow the Warriors out by 20, and then you have a Game 3 situation. Dude, that's what I'm saying. It would make it a lot more competitive in a sense like that because I I feel like maybe you're right. Maybe the NBA should adopt something like that because... And the NHL. And the NHL. Right. Okay. Baseball already does that. And see, baseball to me is adopting more to the lower attention span than the NBA and the NHL are. I mean, sure, they already have a um, a pitch clock. Yeah, the pitch clock. The wild card series is the best of three. The divisional is the best of five. Then the uh, ALNL championships and the World Series are seven games. Okay, so they're capturing the attention much earlier on which is what the NBA and the NHL should be doing. I just don't think it'll change only because of just tradition, honestly, and it's just been like that for years. I know, I know, but you know I gotta put it out there. At least to pitch the idea, you know, maybe some executive is watching or someone with that power is watching. The commissioner was like, think that, oh, this is such a great day, great idea, then the 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 owners have to vote on it. The players have to vote on it. It just it, it becomes too much of a hassle. I feel like the, I feel like you wouldn't have an issue getting support from the players. I feel like you wouldn't. Okay, especially if you get a team that's gone two straight years. Because you saw what happened to the Lightning last year. The Lightning were fatigued by the end of two finals appearances. You know, I bet LeBron would have been like, damn, I wish I had this when I went on my, like, five or six straight finals appearance, you know, streak there. Right. But, you know, I think again, it was like eight, but close enough. <laughs> going back to the NHL, though, I got to say, I got to go Knights and Knights and Canes. I think those two teams are going to advance to the yeah, Stanley I mean, Cup finals. Cool the, the Golden Knights in the finals and... Mm-hmm. But it would also be cool to see the, the Dallas Stars getting in there, too. So, who knows? Yeah, we will you know, see. I had some people, I have some family that, you know, live in Dallas. They're Stars fans. So, it would be cool to see them uh, get there and somehow win it. But, we'll, we'll, we'll see. They are not welcome to watch this show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I don't normally talk PGA on this show. Mostly because if I'm going to talk golf, I'd rather talk my own golf game. And, spoiler alert, it's fucking trash, okay? You mean the non-existent game that you have? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I do want to talk about this because I had mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is in our backyard right now, okay? The PGA Championship is in our backyard. It's in Pittsburgh, New York, literally 20 minutes from where we live. And uh, Scotty Scheffler right now is currently the leader as of Friday. Um, 
I believe it's Sean Connors and on Hoovland. They are all in a tie, in a three-way tie for the lead in the PGA Championship over on on the other end of the city at Oak Hill Country Club. Um, man, we have been graced by a lot of celebrity presences. Of course, we knew Josh Allen was probably going to be there because it's only an hour drive for him. Um, but then, of course, you know, you've got, I heard today, uh, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes flew in from um, their respective cities to come watch it. Um, Jim Beheim drove in from Syracuse to come see the PGA Championship. Um, and then a few interesting notes. So the best part for me is I get the chance to drive not just past the Rock Airport, but around where the PGA, cha- you know, I sort of turn away from where the PGA Championship is going. So anything in the air at the PGA Championship, I'm going to see. Now, on the way home from the airport, the New England Patriot plane was in the Rochester airport. So you got to imagine Rob Kraft or Bill Belichick or someone big from the New England Patriots is here to see the game or to see the match. And then I'm going to share this photo. I shared it with Jason before the show. But yeah, there's the Goodyear blimp if you're watching on YouTube. Um, the Goodyear blimp is also here in the Rochester area. So, um, man, it's just nice to have our city on the map, right? Yeah, for once. <laughs> yeah. So. In a good, in a good way, not a bad way. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. If you ever, for those who are here watching the PGA Championship and might be listening to our show, first off, welcome. Second off, lock your damn cars. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, it's been a rough go. Um, unfortunately, around here the last few years, really since COVID, it's gone, like, downhill here in the city. So, I mean, it was downhill to begin with, but it's gotten worse. So, but it's good to see a positive spin for once. Yeah. Um. And I'm not sure if you heard about this story, but one guy, I guess one spectator got hit in the thigh or in the calf with a golf ball in the first round. One, one of the golfers went up after, you know, to check to see if he's okay. Um, you know, saw that he had beer and he's like, how much, be- how much does beer run you here? He's like, oh, about 17 bucks. You know, just get me a beer and we're, you know, just take a picture. We're all good. One of the golfers, hand, the golfer that hit him hands him 100 bucks and says, here, I got your beer for the rest of the tournament. Holy crap. That's crazy. Fuck. <laughs> Jason, we should have gone to the PGA Championship. Yeah, right. I would just stand there as a moving target right now. But I will tell you, man, if it wasn't just for that, like, just for that experience, I wish we kind of had media access so that way we could do our show from Oak Hill. But I know, it's cool. Um, unfortunately, we're not that popular, we're not that big, so yeah, no. um, maybe, maybe in 10, 12 years, if the PGA ever comes back, or hopefully sooner, um, maybe we'll be a little bit bigger. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a say and get to do it. Maybe even outside the country club before security comes on their golf carts and runs us over. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so again, I'll show you guys the image. Um, yeah, that's the Goodyear blimp that was on my drive home the other day. So, just amazing, just amazing, to say the least. Um, things I never thought I'd see in my life because, of course, the Goodyear blimp really doesn't show up to anything anymore. It does um, not. Yeah, so... Well, we got to turn from the positive to the negative, and I don't like doing that, but... Um, Jim Brown, unfortunately, has passed away on Friday at 87. Um, Jim Brown, of course, um, former SU running back, the original 44, I believe, um, went on to play for the Cleveland Browns, 12,312 rushing yards in his career, 11th of all time, regarded as the best running back in NFL history. Um, also was a big civil rights activist, was big for uh, young black men in the Cleveland and Ohio areas, getting them into sports. I know LeBron said that was his idol growing up. Um, also was a film actor. So, um, you know, just unfortunate we lost a guy like Jim Brown. Yeah, it's sad. Um, but... You know he he's he's done a lot in his career. He's done a lot outside his of his career. Um, it, it's sad to see him pass, but you know at least he has you know a great career and a great legacy to put behind him, and that's what we can really remember him as. So yeah, but um, I will say another thing that kind of caught my eye. I was watching nightly news before we taped this. Um, in case you didn't know, of course, for those who don't know, Muhammad Ali was drafted into the Vietnam War, or one of the wars in the 1960s, refused to go, and of course got imprisoned for it. Um, Jim Brown was a big supporter of Muhammad Ali during that movement, um, said that he shouldn't have to go to war, and... You know, just the things in general Jim Brown has done, not just in football, but outside of football. Um, and just reading these statements, um, you know, I'm telling you, um, history classes should be teaching about Jim Brown. That's my vote. I agree. Hey, history classes, your phys ed class, because now we have a generation that won't get to know what Jim Brown has done for young black athletes. Um, especially, you know, like I said, it should be talked about ultimately. So it, it, it should be at least in like, you know, gym class or something like that or, or history, yeah. but I, preferably I, both, but history classes really don't talk a lot about like, unless you take sports history in college. Which, by the way, I averaged a 90 in that class the entire semester. <laughs> but I, I'll stop bragging. So, um, but I will say it's a fun class. So anyone, you know, I, anyone who knows me knows my opinions on college. I won't say them here. Um, but, 
You know, if you get a chance, if you go to college and you're looking for an, you know, an elective to take, sports history is not a bad one to take. So with that, um, we'll go into tinkle on this, and we got to start with Tom Kim, of course. I I wanted to keep it here in Rochester because of the PGA Championship. Tom Kim hits a golf ball into the mud. Of course, it was a muddy Thursday at Oak Hill Country Club. Um, so he loses his ball in the mud. Instead of, you know, taking the uh, stroke, the extra stroke there, um, he goes into the mud, ends up sinking into it, um, but gets his golf ball. That's the important thing. He gets his golf ball, um, but ends up losing a shirt in the process to just completely muddied. Same with the pants. Um, I believe he walked in barefoot too. I don't know for sure, but all, he had to jump into one of the ponds at Oak Hill to clean off. And then of course changed his shirt. Oh man, I'm sorry. I would have taken the extra stroke and just tried to make up for it later. So, uh, exactly. I mean, or let the caddy do it. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, right. <laughs> um, it, yeah. I mean, Rochester definitely has some crappy. It can have some crappy weather, and um, you just gotta watch out for that mud. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so, tinkle on this Tom Kim. That's all I can say. I guess you had, you had your welcome to Rochester moment. I don't know. <laughs> I hope he got free garbage plates after. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Shoot. They better be trying garbage plates since they're here. Okay. I know we've seen, oh man, Salvatore's posted that one of the golfers went over there. Um, you know, come on, check out our local businesses so, um, and actually, yeah, Knucklehead Craft Brewing is just posted as well. They uh, hosted Michael Block um, after finishing 20th in the first round, and of course he signed a flag for him. Um, it, I, I got to tell you, look, I want to see these PGA guys, even if you're staying after Sunday, please go to these local businesses. I love seeing these posts on Facebook about Michael Block, about Phil Mickelson. I want to see these guys at these local businesses to really amp them up. So, right. but with that, I'll turn things over to you so you can tell us what's coming up on No Final Bell this week. Uh, Yeah, um, we had a couple of big surprises with Miro and uh, Thunder Rosa being back. Um, we definitely had some... We have a new show coming out for AEW. AEW Saturday Night Collision um, is going to be a new show. It's going to be kind of like what Dino, what Rampage is now. Rampage is going to be more like the the Dark and Dark Elevation, where they're going to you know promote more of the younger talent on that show. And Collision is going to be probably the new um, Rampage, where you're going to see a lot of the stars you really don't see much on Dynamite being on Collision. So that is going to debut uh, Saturday, June 17th, heading into Forbidden Door, of course. You know, the very thing that's been going on, we're getting more uh, matches 
announced for double or nothing so definitely keep watch on no final bell as we are on the road to double or nothing and then also shortly on the road to forbidden door yeah i gotta say though going saturday night's ballsy because keep in mind ufc does fights almost every saturday night so yeah. that's a eh, that's a ratings nightmare you're asking for especially with it being on tnt as well so who knows yeah so I don't know. At least from a sports marketing standpoint, I don't feel that's the way to go. But it's only an hour, so it's like eight to nine every Saturday. So it's okay, not like so it's off before the main card begins. Yeah. So at least they're being smart there. And honestly, to all these people that said that AEW was not going to amount to anything, well. You sold, you've sold 60000 for Wembley Stadium. If it's oh so much a indie promotion, 60000 for Wembley Stadium, that's hella awesome. I mean, it, it would be nice for them to sell it out, but I don't think that's going to be the case. But 60000 I didn't think that AEW was ever going to get even anything amounted to 60000 for a stadium in London. But yeah, they've sold over 60,000 tickets um, and, and, and counting. I don't know what it's truly at. Maybe 65,000. I, I don't know. Somewhere close to over 60,000. Um, they have three shows now. Um, looks like they have been starting to amp up the attendance um, for their weekly shows too for Dynamite and Rampage. Um, hopefully the same thing with Collision. Um, it kind of sucks because if I knew about Collision and them having a show literally the day before Forbidden Door in Scotiabank Arena, I probably would have gotten been to two days. I would have done would have done Collision Saturday and then also Forbidden Door Sunday, but we're just doing Forbidden... Marty and I are just doing Forbidden Door uh, Sunday in Toronto. Definitely looking forward mm. to it. Um, would have been cool to do the Saturday Collision show beforehand, but it's alright. Yeah. But other than that, um, what's coming up on Auto Turn 4? It's our biggest week of the year. I mean, of course, um, I don't normally like to talk about the All-Star Race for NASCAR, but they are back at North Wilkesboro, um, a track they haven't been to since 1996. And, of course, for those who don't know anything about North Wilkesboro, like Jason probably doesn't, um, North Wilkesboro was a track that was literally a rotting like area in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina there. Um, it was literally rotted away, not even two years ago. And they have now completely renovated it, you know, kind of kept the historic look to it in the process. And now it is a fully functional racetrack once again. Um, mm. So, of course, that race will be tonight at 5 for the All-Star Showdown all-star race at eight o'clock on fs1 um but then we are also into indie now of course indie qualifying was yesterday and today um and then we got um uh, what is it we got a lot of practices this week we got carb day we got the pit crew challenges um we've also got the indie 500 coming up on sunday so because of that 
Um, we'll have out of turn four at its normal time at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And then Saturday night, come back, we will have a show um, to get you all ready for the Indy 500 as we have the last few years. Um, I will kind of do my contender or pretender list going 33rd to 1st in the starting order. So that's all going to come up again. Tune in Tuesday at 5 on YouTube and Facebook Watch, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. And then tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday for the Indy 500 special. We'll get we'll talk all things IndyCar there. Um, we won't talk any IndyCar on Tuesday, so you guys have a lot more to listen to on Saturday. So, uh, sorry to cut you off. Um, programming note, at least for No Final Bell, um, we're going to try to make sure that there's going to be a weekly episodic sh um, episode every single week, even if it means that um, I have to do it myself um, going forward. We're going to try to have Marty on as much as possible. Of course, our schedules, you know, are kind of wacky, but um, yeah. regardless, regardless if it's Marty and I or it's just myself, we are going to have a um, episode every single week. Um, I'm, I'm going to make that promise to to everyone here. I, I really want to try to get you know keep it going strong. Um, mm. Did my first episode by myself. It kind of felt weird. Just the flow of everything. You know, but, uh, you know how I feel now, having to do out of turn four by myself every week. Um, so it's... But honestly, I'm sure if I do it by myself, you know, more consistently, I'll get a little bit of a flow, you know, going better with everything. It just, um, I, I just think that Marty and I, the flow together is a little bit better when mm -hmm. I'm... Well, when, when I'm when you done eighty myself. episodes together, when you done eighty episodes, <laughs> right? Well, seventy nine episodes together. There, was there, there was one time that he did it by himself when I was in Miami. So, credit him for that one. So, but other than that, yeah, we're we're gonna make sure that there's gonna be an episode on time and going. And we'll try to be on every week as well, um, going up till when we, of course, go on our summer break. Um, I don't have that announced yet. We'll obviously have that soon. If, you know, well, when we go on our summer break, um, like we do every year. But we do want to thank you guys for watching. Tune in to No Final Bell this week. Tune in to both episodes of Out of Turn 4 this week. And we'll see you back here next Sunday for another edition of Sunday Morning Tinkle. Till then, goodbye everyone.